So before we get started, we just want to say how excited we are that Red Light Rising are sponsoring the School of Calisthenics podcast. These guys have got some awesome tech, which comes with a whole host of health and performance benefits that is backed up by some really solid science. Myself and Tim have always been interested in ways that we can improve our health and our wellness, and we've been enjoying using the Red Light therapy that James and Brian have developed at Red Light Rising to help improve our recovery and performance. They're also releasing a series of articles on their blog to help improve your immunity during this difficult time, looking at things to improve circadian rhythm, fasting protocols, cold water therapy, heat therapy, as well as obviously the red light therapy itself. So these guys are giving out some amazing information, which is really useful during this time. And if you're interested in finding out more about red light therapy, head over to the website, check out the blogs. And because they're nice, generous guys, they've also given a 5% offer to School of Calisthenics podcast listeners of any of their red light therapy products. So if you want to check those out, and you want to bag yourself a little bit of a bargain, just use code SOC5 at checkout and enjoy 5% off better health and immunity. Just go to redlightrising.co.uk to find out more information or to see what the guys have got going on social just search red light rising on your favorite channel on to the podcast welcome to the school of calisthenics podcast with your hosts tim and jacko So another week on the School of Calisthenics podcast, and this week we are joined by the absolute legend that is Lani, one of our School of Calisthenics coaches, and um, all the way from Doha, absolute pleasure to get on the podcast, and we are talking all things pregnancy, well, most things pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Lani is, um, she's become a little bit of an expert for a number of reasons. One is that she's done qualifications in pre- and postnatal um, pregnancy, like sort of training, um, and has been training clients herself um, for a while now through both those pre and post natal um, periods of time. Um, but he, she herself is now also pregnant and so has first hand experience. And we wanted to get her up onto the podcast to talk about how 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 is it managing that in terms of as yourself when you're training and then also what she's learned from working with clients and then a mixture of then uh also how what the book says about it and how you merge that with the the, the resounding thing that i took from this is tim that women are always right that's what i've learned you chew on that one for a while Jacko. <laughs> and, uh, that, that that approach is probably not gonna ever let you down in life <laughs> i don't think Anyway, we won't go into too much more detail because you can listen to it all. It gets fruity towards the end. Um, but I hope you enjoy Lani on the School of Calisthenics podcast. So sit back and enjoy. Roll that jingle. Welcome back to the podcast then to Lani, who the second time on the podcast, a member of the coaching team, quite a lot has changed since you very first, uh, since you joined the school cast. I mean, when that happened, you just transitioned out of being um, an Olympian. And then uh, since that, since joining the school cast, a couple of big things have happened in life, got married and then had a baby. So congrats. Oh, no, sorry, not had a baby yet, but <laughs> about, not yet. No, yeah, but pregnant and that's what we're talking about today about around how do we manage um how do we i say we me and tim are not managing it uh, or we'll ever have to hopefully i managed a bit of pregnancy, <laughs> just not my own. <laughs> around uh, training whilst pregnant a difficult subject and something that um 
yeah, I think a lot of people will be really interested in. So welcome back to the podcast, firstly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And so, um, yeah, just fill us in a little bit. So since, um, because obviously you're out away um, in, I've forgotten way, way, what Qatar. country? In Qatar, that's right. Yeah. And um, yeah, what, like, what's, what's, what's it bit like? How many uh, weeks pregnant are you and how has training so far like had to change for you? So I'm coming uh, I'm about 20 weeks now. So, uh, yeah, just over halfway. Um, training's changed quite a bit, I would say, um, in the respect to what I was, I was doing beforehand. Um, but I'm still trying to, to move every day, whether it be just going for a walk or doing a bit of a body weight circuit or um, a little bit of weights. But um, it's not as high intensity. Uh, it's not as heavy as it used to be. Um, but with, for me, that's fine. Like the focus is just to maintain at the moment and make sure I'm keeping the baby and myself as healthy and safe as possible. Just give us some context, Lani, so people know you, you finished your um, professional athlete career in um, in elite kayaking. Um, and then you did some marathon distance kayak work and then you did some calisthenics and then very much discovered another form of training known as CrossFit. And you took what you learned from your elite performance um, background and absolutely tore up CrossFit from what it looked like. Anyway, the, what, the amount that you were doing, the level you were starting to get to. Give us a bit of background on, on your training history so people know where you're coming from. Yeah, so I... Um... I obviously grew up in Australia, so sports was always a big thing for me, and um, I was always active. And then when I was about 15, 16, I started kayaking and moved into that uh, quite competitively, like very soon after starting. And I worked my way up to being on the British team um, and went to the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. So that was my last sprint event, and then, um, or big. A sprint event and then I um, decided I wanted to finish with marathon kayaking which is what I originally started in so the following year I did um, I actually did do a tiny bit of sprint but that wasn't my main focus my main focus was the world championships for marathon kayak and marathon kayaking is 26 kilometers and it's based on a lapped system so every lap the six six laps every lap you have to get out and run with your boat for about 150 200 meters so they call it a portage um, so I did the world championships in 2017 in South Africa and ended up winning it. So I became world champion. I was going to say, didn't just do it. <laughs> do it doing it up. is like just turning up, but turning up <laughs> and smashing it and winning it and being a world champion. is not a small thing. So just to give you a few big ups for that. 100%. <laughs> um, so yeah, I came away with the gold. So that was, um, a huge achievement for me and something that I always wanted to achieve before finishing my professional career in kayaking. And ma- marathon, um, right, wasn't a wasn't a discipline for kayak at the at the Olympics. Otherwise, presumably, you would have done. Yeah, unfortunately, done that, yeah. not. Um, it was just slalom and sprint canoe uh, that are Olympic distance. So, yeah. a marathon, they have world championships every year, and it's still very competitive, but it's not um, an Olympic distance. So. Um, it's not, it wasn't funded. So I needed to, I did sprint as well for the, to be able to be, um, on the program and to be supported. Um, and then when I finished my funding in 2016, I decided to focus a year 
on um, marathon kayaking. So, yeah, I finished that and then got married and moved out to the Middle East. And I am now doing um, personal training out here. And um, I also, actually also in the year of doing my marathon kayaking, that's when I did a lot more calisthenics. Yeah. Um, so, that my training changed after doing sprint kayaking into marathons. Um, so that was really, really interesting trying to com- uh, combining calisthenics, uh, actually a little bit of weight training and then my marathon training um, for that year of 2017. So direct correlations between calisthenics and gold medals just to... <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, I got married and I moved out to the Middle East and I, um, I still had that competitive kind of spirit in me and um I just didn't want to I wanted a new challenge and not being a full-time athlete so um I joined a CrossFit gym out here and I really enjoyed it and the skills I'd learned in calisthenics took over to the, the gymnastics side of the CrossFit um and it helped me um yeah do do quite well like uh, in Qatar so um did a few international competitions and yeah, and then now times have changed. Yeah, just I, I really casually a uh, few internationals. Lani's, yeah, just a couple. Uh, I really enjoyed watching Lani's um, transition to CrossFit because to start off, it was like, I can't find anywhere to do calisthenics out here. And then she's like, oh, I found a CrossFit box that's let me use the bars. And then all of a sudden, she's going to international competitions for CrossFit. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's really interesting for you in terms of having that competitive background. So you can't just let that go right. And, um, and you love training and training, especially for those that that maybe don't know as much that the, the training for canoeing um sprint base is, is heavily gym based isn't it you got a massive strength yeah. background in that um so it's one of those sports that does have you in the gym a lot and um yeah it kind of it did make a very uh, a lot of sense for you when, when i saw you start to do some more of the crossfit stuff i thought it was great so very yeah, good. It was also, also doing like i'd never really done much olympic lifting so that was it was it was all new like learning the skills i'd picked up from the calisthenics with the gymnastics and then transferring that into then a little bit of a high intensity session with then Olympic lifting and the technique on that side. I'd always had an engine. So the, the conditioning side was fine, but it was the two uh, kind of new skills that I had to learn, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a good example not to sort of divert too far, but things that you've talked about before Tim around like an athletic profile and being just being a good mover um, that's probably been built up from the amount of sport you would have done as a, as a kid. And then you've been able to transition into lots of different things. Like I've probably never firsthand witnessed someone like learn how to handstand as fast as you did. Um, and then transitioning into, yeah, it was all new, but you had all these different skill sets that you'd learned over many years and performed at a very high level that as a good athlete, you can then transition that to, to almost anything by the, by the looks of it, because you've got that catalogue of um, good quality movements. It's something we've talked about a few times before on, well, more like when people are asking questions about um, kids and that sort of stuff, hey, Tim? Yeah, definitely. I think it, it is that, uh, uh, Lana is like you say, Jacko, like physical literacy yeah. is really good. And that was the phrase to, I meant. When, she, um, when we first started working with her and just, yeah, she just moved well. She picked up stuff really quickly, had a really good basic uh, level of strength. Um, occasionally put me and you to shame Jacko as well um, so let's get into some of the stuff around pregnancy because um, Lani's Lani says she's a personal trainer now she's working with a range of clients has done your um, what's the name of the qualification you did Lani so you've now I did a pre and right? postnatal um, exercise course yeah 
Yeah, so you've got some context to bring to this discussion as well. Now, um, your own experience of being pregnant, the, the qualification and the knowledge around um, the, the certification, but also working with clients. And then I can bring a little bit of what I've seen, well, what happened when, when Karen was pregnant. And let's throw all of this in the mix. So let's kind of start off as a, as a kind of like a headline point. If someone has um, is, is, has found that they're pregnant and they're starting to think about what's training going to look like for the next 40 weeks and beyond what are our kind of headlines and the key starting things of that at that beginning of that journey into sort of having a baby I mean firstly it really depends on what that person was doing beforehand like before they got pregnant what their physical level was so because I had been extremely fit and um I did do a lot of training for me um it it was fine to um continue on to begin with the way the way I had, um, they always say, do not try not to take on anything new or any new movements that you've never done before. Um, when you find out you're pregnant, like you wouldn't change, you wouldn't add in something extra. But, um, the way that I look at it is almost like a pyramid. So the first trimester, you can potentially do what you were doing beforehand before you were pregnant. Then the second trimester, you want to reduce the weights, reduce the impact. Um, also, there's certain positions you don't want to be putting yourself into. So you don't really want to be supine. You don't want to be lying on your back um, because that can um, cause, you know, a little bit of discomfort and also it can put a lot of pressure on the vena cava, um, which is um, from the growing fetus. So then, like, the blood flow, it's, it's just not recommended. Um, and then you also want to reduce the percentage. And then as you get into the third trimester, you again reduce the weights, reduce the percentage of effort being put in. Um, so that's the pyramid on the way up. And then they say when you, after you've had your, had your baby, you know, six to eight weeks generally until you've had your checkup and whether the doctor signs you off or says you're able to start doing exercise, um, then you almost work your way back down that pyramid. So you would start roughly where you finished before you gave birth and then you would go into your second trimester uh, training and then back into what you were doing in your third trimester and and so on but again that is a very general um way to look at it and everyone is different so um what works for one person might might not for the next person yeah i can imagine that there's quite a big um almost like mindset challenge depending on what you've done before i know um a couple of examples like my sister and um, when she was pregnant she was asking me for some advice and i was like to be honest this isn't my isn't my specialism and um because all the doctor was saying to her was do what you'd do what you what you've what you've normally done like you said in, in that in that first trimester and she was like well um she'd just done the snowden iron man um that year um and she was um she actually won the world rafting championships whilst i think three months pregnant um and so she was like well this is what my training regime is normal and they were like, oh cranky don't do as much as that and so she was a bit like left within this like what what do i actually do and then and there was someone I remember, I, i'll probably never forget this I remember again we got a message on instagram this was a while ago probably like maybe two years ago but we had a message on they just they just got they just found out they were pregnant um it was a lady and um she <laughs> she um she was like oh i'm really wanting to i was really wanting to learn how to do a handstand do you still think i should do it even though i found out i'm pregnant and it was falling into that category of like well you've never done it before 
and like going upside down, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a good idea. Plus, like again, going, we're not an expert in this. Like you need to follow your doctor's um, advice. But I think that there, it was almost like a challenge of like if you're really into your training, and then you ha- this has to this has to change and this has to you know adapt differently and probably working at a different intensity that you were wanting to do mentally that might be quite difficult to do with yeah. your body's changing all at the same time yeah definitely I agree um and it also depends like that first trimester people suffer from morning sickness they might have mm. spotting they might have loads of different symptoms that come in and as soon as those things happen then you do want to reduce the training you don't want to be continuing on doing so I had a few little symptoms here and there and I was like but I thought I could keep doing what I was doing because I'm in the first trimester. So yeah. you do have to mentally try and change. You you can't be fixated on this one thing of, oh, the book says this, then I, I should be able to. But because it's not like that, it, everyone is so different. And the one thing I learned, like I have learned with doing this pre and postnatal and then also coaching females who are pregnant is that the mother is always right. So whatever she feels is like about her body then you need to you need to take that on board and you need to listen to that and and it's yeah it's super important for me as well because I because I'm so used to pushing myself all the time um to actually just take that step back and be like okay I don't need to go to the pain cave anymore (laughs) at the moment (laughs) how did you find that line because I'm just thinking there'll be people that are used to training a lot and we all know what happens as people that enjoy training when you all of a sudden can't train um, mm. from a sort of a mental health and well-being perspective like how have you dealt with that of, of um, very much your your life has been for many years has been very much centered and had fitness and high intensity work as a big component in it how has that kind of affected you sort of mentally have you been able to release that release yourself from that from that feeling of I'm not training that's and that's making me f- have negative feelings about myself yeah, especially it's because your body's changing so much as well. Like I've never had a belly. Like <laughs> I've always had a six pack, to be honest. So it's a little bit different. Um, to begin with, I think because when I was training as a full time athlete, I was training three days, three times a day, six days a week. So when I finished training as as the athlete, and I went into training um, in CrossFit, but that wasn't to be. A professional athlete that was just to keep fit and to enjoy something and to you know give me a bit of a different focus my my training reduced to I would say one one to two max sessions a day but generally one session a day um so I kind of transitioned a little bit and then but to now like some days that this last week I've not I've not trained any weights or any body weight stuff for a week because I've had like my ligaments have been starting to stretch and cause a lot of uncomfortable feelings (laughs) so I've been like do you know what I'm I'm not going to but I think when you know you're carrying a child that's the priority and your priorities change so it's I think that has made it a lot actually almost easier for me to be like do you know what it's not about me anymore um yeah I think the point you made before about like the, the mother is always right. Like from watching Karen going through, like she trains a lot and she's she's regular with it, consistent hockey and, and gym and, and a lot of other stuff. But what she was um as she went through her pregnancy, it's almost like her body dictated what she was gonna do. And she got to the stage at the end of it, she's like, It's just like I, I could and people say that I can train. 
I just don't feel like it. So yeah. she was down to kind of like walking and doing some basic stuff. But she, and I see, there's sort of see other people who are kind of smashing it, like going hard out right through into like 36 weeks and, and sort of and giving it the beans still. And I, I do think that's right about just listening to your own body and just seeing how you, how you, that, that journey takes you as, a, as opposed to feeling like I've got to do a certain amount of work. Um, another thing that I was just that I was chatting to Karen before we did this um, and I said to her like what are your key sort of takeaways and messages around training while you're pregnant what did you learn and she, one thing that she said was like if you if you've got the choice get fit before you start thinking about having a baby like do something and if you're gonna if you're starting start to think about starting a family and you're not doing something it's a pretty good idea to start because you've then you're getting some kind of strength and stability and it's not about like keeping fitness is one side of it. But one thing that she found most helpful compared to other people that she knew who, who were pregnant and going through this similar journey was her base level of stability and strength, particularly around the core, spine, hips, was an absolute lifesaver as she started to kind of obviously get bigger. Um, so, yeah, just a couple of thoughts on that. I don't know, I don't know if you've got any, anything else to add. Yeah, definitely. I think core is a massive focus. I think people shy away from it because they're scared and then when people think core they think oh and you sit ups and all this kind of crazy like erratic movements but core and we know that in the school of calisthenics it doesn't have to be like that it's controlled and um what I've done with my with my previous um pregnant clients and I'll do myself is is learning to, is more focused around your pelvic floor yeah. um and movements that probably doesn't even look like you're doing much, but you're controlling. So your Kegel exercises, your pelvic tilts. Um, yeah, they're really important. And I think that um, a lot of people kind of dismiss that and don't, don't do it also because it can be a bit of a gray area and you're not sure if you're doing it right or if you're, yeah, if you're helping or not. But um, for me doing this course, that's definitely helped to know, what the right and wrong core exercises are to do because you don't want, you know, you are growing, so you don't want to get diastasis recti. You don't want, that's the separation of the abs. Um, and like 66% of women will get it. So it's not uncommon if you do get it, but it's learning how to then once you've had the baby to slowly bring that back together and not rush it. So you do close the abs back together. Yeah, I definitely think that's a, that that was a big winner for for Corin and, and taking away things like back pain as well. Like this, the core stabilizers or the, the spinal musculature around uh, the deep intrinsic core stabilizers being such an important part of reducing back pain as you start to kind of effectively carry what is probably like four or five kilos more um, on the <laughs> front of your body, um, and 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 often that's going to be re- related to glute strength as well. So have you got any sort of tips and ideas on, on stuff that you're doing now as you move forward, things that are in your program that are kind of focusing on these fundamental areas? And I guess it's almost thinking if you can take care of the basics, so those are sorts of things which are really going to help your pregnancy that are going to keep you sort of pain-free and feeling more comfortable. Yeah. Anything else on top of that is then going to start to kind of, if you, I guess when I'm asking what are your kind of the basic go-tos at the moment for you um, that you're going to try and maintain throughout your pregnancy? So I use a lot of, I uh, use the bands. So bands around my knees and doing like crab walks or doing hip thrusts just with the band. So no weight, just to keep those glutes activated also on all fours and, um, doing, um, I've gone blank the name. Um, um, so Superman. taking your Superman, <laughs> baby brain, <laughs> <laughs> baby, baby, uh, doing, baby. 
<laughs> it's all the baby's fault. Uh, Superman. Um, but also upper body and your posture because as you get heavier at the front, a lot of people will start to round their shoulders. So we want to try and keep that chest open and working those back muscles. Um, so, you know, ring rows. Um, as I'm getting heavier, I don't need to put weights for those pull-ups. So, <laughs> you know, and they will reduce off. I won't do pull-ups. I'll do more ring rows. And um, and then also just having those regressions as the trimesters go on. So, you know, push-ups. Now I'm doing them on my knees. And then as I get a little bit further on, I'm going to do them on an incline. So I think that there's – I try and cover my full body um, and not neglect any area because – I think it's important that every that you're strong all over. Um, but yeah, I like to use the bands around my knees, so keeping those glutes activated. As I say, I don't do anything on my back now, any in supine. So I'll have my back against a chair and then bring the hips up into like a hip that hip thrust position. Um, squats are fine, and I think that the, there's this big taboo against like whether or not you should squat. Um, I think as long as you're activating your core and you're drawing up through the pelvic floor and you're controlling everything, then it, it's still safe to do. And you don't do a weight that's too heavy. Like even just doing body weight is is fine. Yeah. And it's probably like you said before around like the mother mother always being right and sort of listening to our bodies and accepting like where we're where we're at during that time that and you mentioned that like you're going to end up with sort of like four or five kilos at the front of you, which is like a huge change and a shift in like your center of your center of mass or your center of gravity that is going to be having an effect on those different body parts. So whether the shoulders are coming forward or whether it's like affecting your, your hips, making sure that we're, as you say, like do it's almost like a, you're, you're keeping everything in check, trying to counterbalance what is happening at the front by trying to make sure that you're keeping your glutes on, you're keeping the shoulders in, in, in some good postural positions, because if you don't do anything, then it's just going to sort of, I imagine it's just going to like keep going like snowball in one way. So there's like, there is a huge benefits rights for people to be ensuring that they are doing a level of exercise during their pregnancy and not also just for that one, time and then also like surely during the actual pregnancy where like tim said almost the more physically robust you are as a as a person that's going to help you during what i imagine never i've never been there but i imagine it's quite a a, a momentous yeah, occasion definitely also one thing is like your heart rate like i was so shocked when i i think i must have been maybe uh, 12 weeks and I remember I'd monitoring it beforehand but it just it just I remember one session doing a warm-up and I looked down at my heart rate and I was like my heart rate's already at 147 for me I was Whoa. like in a warm-up yeah. <laughs> why is it that high um but it's you just have to really monitor that and yeah you're me, pumping like, oh, two hearts right <laughs> exactly right? and I was like oh okay I can bring it down like and it, then that was probably the session where I realized I don't need to push. I can just like, I'm, my heart rate is going to rise and it's yeah. keeping it at a heart rate that I know that's safe for me um, and comfortable. And um, yeah. Do you monitor, it, do you monitor like resting and like waking heart rate and that sort of stuff just to so day by day? Not at, not so much at the moment. I used to. So my resting, I roughly, when I was an athlete, my resting heart rate was a lot lower. So I think my lowest was like 38 and then no. roughly, yeah, that was the lowest I ever saw it. But then, um, you know, I would say average now, maybe like low 50s, like 50s, 52. Yeah. Um, 
but they do say that your heart rate will will rise and your resting heart rate will go up about eight beats. And I think in your third trimester, it can be even 15 to 20 beats higher. Yeah. Um, so that is, is interesting. Yeah, I, I do system, think it's a really good indication. Yeah. And the system, it just, it's like a, it's a marker to show you where you're at. Like the system is obviously globally working harder um yeah. if it's if it's having to if the heart rate's going up like that and yeah it's a dead simple yeah, exactly. way to monitor for people to monitor like i guess how they're feeling to one degree yeah but also like i i think you can't you can have in your mind this idea of when when you're pregnant okay this is how i'm going to train or i'm going to reduce stuff here and i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that but until you're in that situation it's very difficult because like I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, my right hip, like, oh, so I haven't done anything. Like, why is it sore? And like, so when you mentioned hips before, I was like, you, you've got, your hips are going to shift. You're gonna, your body's yeah. changing, constantly changing. And I've never experienced it. So you do literally have to play it day by day and just go with, go with whatever your body's giving you on that day. Um, can I just ask one question? Um, just back one little step, um, just because it's been something um, that we've been talking about recently and I had a couple of people on the podcast around like um, breath work and you mentioned sort of um, pelvic floor stuff and like is there some guidelines around um, diaphragmatic breathing and, and that sort of stuff to help with that sort of deep core work? Um, yeah, is that I part think, of that core practice? I think practice? it probably is. Um, I think that... Like the other week, the last week when I was like in pain, like in my with my ligaments and stuff, it's so easy to want to tense up and yeah. breathe just high up. But as soon as you start to really practice breathing like deep, it does definitely help a lot. And I think it probably prepares you a lot for for labor. Like for yeah. I was going to say that Karen did a little bit of yoga, um, sort of pregnancy yoga sessions, um, early days and. Um, the big focus of that was breathing and obviously you don't need to go to yoga to practice breathing but it was a nice kind of movement based um, breathing sort of thing which she was finding was really good for helping her to just relax and and teach her some skills but um you say before Lani about being robust for, for labor Corrins was about four days long from oh start to finish honestly yeah I mean I, I was tired at the end of it I mean but there was a point where it's like, <laughs> she, um, she's going to love it when she hears you say that. <laughs> she's given me permission to talk about it, so it's all right. Um, but that was a lot, of tr- a lot of contractions, and it just went on and on and on. And I think her, the, the stuff that she'd done before was actually, she'd really set herself up to, to manage that because um, it was pretty it was pretty full on. And she just handled it like a trooper. And I think there's, there's just a reserve um, inside you, and, and it's particularly sort of... Um, from, a, from a, a woman's perspective of the place that you can go to, to deal with it. Um, if you ask Corinne to be under that much discomfort um, for that long, under any other circumstances, she would have bailed out <laughs> easy. But during labor, she just absolutely just like, just sucked it up and just like four days, it was about three, three and a half days from sort of show to birth. It was flipping brutal. Oh but she was wow. robust and she managed it not to scare you. But um no, and that fine. was one thing about we were looking at some reading before this about preparing and saying, Oh, people that train during pregnancy have easier labours. I'm like, nah. They say <laughs> that's here. one of the potential benefits, but I was like, I don't believe it. I think it's just like <laughs> it'll be what it'll be, yeah, whether you're fit or not. Um but like I've looked into a little bit a little bit of hypnobirthing and I know it sounds all hippie and whatnot, but I, I think it's purely about the breath and and when you go into that situation, being able to control your breath, because if you're releasing adrenaline and you're not, not able to control it, then I think it, yeah, uh, 
I need to look more into it. And I yeah. think that the breath is definitely a massive thing. And, and, and same with like when I was doing kayaking, if I'm not breathing properly, I'm not going to get the best out of my session or my race. So I think breath, breathing has a, a massive impact in everything. Yeah. And that's, it's a, just a, it's a, it's a physical challenge, isn't it? I guess. And therefore, yeah. like you say, you almost, I can see you almost like approaching it that way. Um, I guess we'll see. I mean, my marathon only lasted two and a half hours, so, or two <laughs> so, hours. So. That's what I thought. Labor I mean, if Labour goes for two hours, I'll be pretty happy. When Corinne came downstairs and she's like, I think I've had a show, I'm like, right, get in a car, let's go. <laughs> having a baby. <laughs> Four days later. Two more nights sleeping on the bathroom floor. Do you know, something, <laughs> something I'm a bit worried about is, um, you both sort of said that whole thing around like the the... The mother is always always right, so I'm starting to wonder whether Mrs. Jacko is pregnant because she is always telling me that she's always right. <laughs> well, we'll leave you to, to ask that question later. I'm not quite sure the podcast is the right forum for that conversation. She doesn't listen anyway. <laughs> she might listen to this one. Yeah. <laughs> if, um, always, we, we are always right, though. So yeah, exactly. Good that you know that. <laughs> Yeah, no, a friend Even of mine. Wrong. A friend of mine that's done. Um, she's done a, a pre and postnatal um, course of PT. The same. Um, she's actually out in Bahrain, so she's out in your oh, uh, way of the world. And um, she talked about it being um, like training with a weight vest on, and that effectively it's a great <laughs> opportunity. She, you know, she said it was a great opportunity to actually emerge at some point, like feeling like stronger or because when yeah. when the baby's gone you've just lost five kilo all of a sudden she said that you know not out of context of like th- that whole thing but just actually um approached in the right way i think that she she felt i mean she's had she's pregnant with her third now um and yeah she's had a um a good experience of it but i guess that's it's very i've spoke to um, lots of different people everyone's like you said everyone's different and people have all sorts of different experiences from from those that are like my one of my sisters has got four children and she just like loves having kids <laughs> like do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then other people are like like yeah so uh, there's yeah, an they everything do say that they can improve or increase your muscular strength endurance so. <laughs> whilst we know you're probably really enjoying the podcast there's something else that we think you will also really enjoy and that is the virtual classroom if you're a beginner we have got an eight-week free beginners program designed to help you start your calisthenics journey where you're going to learn how to move better get superhuman strong and have a lot of fun along the way if you're ready to take your training to the next level and learn some of the iconic calisthenics movements like a frog to handstand or a muscle up then inside the virtual classroom you are going to find all the training programs and educational information that you need but rather than keeping you from the podcast for any longer than necessary, head over to schoolofcalisthenics.com where you're going to find a bodyweight training resource which is different to anything else available anywhere. Tim, I think they're ready to get back to the podcast. I think there's one thing around like around calisthenics though, and we've, we've talked about this in, in various different um, contexts before, but around when you're training bodyweight and you can use progressively easy, it doesn't have to be muscle-ups and human flags when you're pregnant. Um, you can be start thinking, like you just said, just using gymnastics rings for rows and, and pushes and flies and, and, and all of those things are super scalable. Like the, the sort of stuff that's in bodyweight basics is like, is like really easy to go through and you can regress it right down to, to a real easy level for yourself. 
But what we're getting is that, that connection of the whole system. So we talk about core stability, we're going to get that. We're talking about glute activation, depending on the exercise that we choose, if we're doing squat lunge patterns, push pulls, we're doing postural control, we're getting hips activated, we're doing lateral work. We do so much of the stuff just through the basic movements within calisthenics yeah. and the fundamental patterns that it's actually, again, like it's such a, 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 um, an integrated and effective way to train and and it is i just one thing i love about it is you can just lift it up and you can put it into a number of different scenarios whether that's being pregnant or trying to be a high performance marathon um gold medalist and you can go well you know there's benefits and it's all about the levels because it what it comes back to is you're training the human body the way that it's designed to be trained and nature has a pretty good way of just making sure that we are prepared by giving us everything that we need in a package without going to need to find barbells and that sort of stuff. And, and I know I'm biased and I hope I've communicated that in the right way, but just kind of, we've got all the tools that we need to move well. And you just kind of scale that based on your current situation and yeah, what, where, where you're at and with the sorts of things that your body's going to need. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. And I think like it, it's um, definitely like perfect going back to body weight if you've done weights, but going back to body weight, if you are pregnant, because you can work on certain things that you may, maybe you've never worked on before, but in the respects of body weight movement and not making it too difficult. <laughs> I said, don't do, don't do start, don't start stuff that you haven't done before, but, um, body weight movement, um, is, is ideal when you're pregnant. But it's a safe place to go, right? We yeah. go and do, like, because we're doing yeah. bodyweight movements all the time. It's just we happen to might focus on a number of sets of squats or lunges or, or rows or that sort of stuff. These are movements which we are patterned to do. We know well. Exactly. Um, it's not like starting. Like if you've not done a human flag before and you suddenly get pregnant, then like maybe don't, maybe wait until after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, just, I do think there's so much value in that basics of just moving well and moving with quality and staying mobile. And if you do those things, like you're just setting yourself up for success because you've got you've got good range of movement, good control, good stability, good muscle activation, you can breathe through your exercise as well. Just ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, definitely. I think also one thing that is important with the pregnancy is that um, when you're around 20 weeks, obviously all, all, your hormones are changing the whole time, but around 20 weeks you have the hormone relaxing. And it obviously um, it it releases um, a lot of, like it helps your ligaments relax and stretch. So you've got to be really careful that you don't pick up little niggly injuries. And that's why you do need to monitor your training and change things as you go through because um, you're more likely to pick up injuries if you're not, um, if you're not careful as yeah, well. And those sorts of things that we can avoid by moving with control, right? I remember when exactly. Karen can actually physically feel like that. She goes, I just don't feel like, feel looser. Yeah. And it was just a matter then of just going, we just need to move with a little bit more control. So let's not do things where we might find ourselves out of control of exactly. body control and posture. So yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, brilliant. I've, uh, <laughs> it's been, well, one, great to, uh, great to catch up again, but two, obviously delving into an area that, as Tim said, right at the beginning, a lot of people, um, have a have a huge um, interest in and also will probably have either experiences of or currently experiencing it and so i really hope that it was uh, there's some some nice encouragement and takeaways for people to try and implement um, i mean if anyone's got any specific questions um for lani what's where's the best place for them to to get in contact um, with probably, you probably my instagram so my instagram have you i think you might have tagged tag me in one of the posts but is lani underscore amber yeah so 
Lani yeah, underscore yeah. Amber. We'll put the we'll put links in the show notes for that. So if you haven't yet followed Lani on Instagram, why aren't you? And then too, if you've got any questions for her, obviously <laughs> jump in on the DMs, and, and I'm sure she'll be more than happy to help you with uh, your pregnancy questions around training. Definitely. What I'm pleased about Jacko is we've managed to once again reinforce calisthenics as the greatest form of training in the world. Yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah, but it was true. I was yeah. thinking like you made it was a really good point. Like, and because Lani said at the beginning, right, I'm doing, I've changed my push-ups to this, and I'm going to do them on my knees, and then I know that I know the regressions of them because I've I've been through that process. I understand like that part of training rather than if you're only used to using like chest press for your chest at the gym and then now all of a sudden you don't want to go to the gym you need to do something at home you might feel a bit restricted like oh, i don't really know what to do i don't know it's it's not i'm not making it accessible to me whereas as we said that that body weight thing you know all of us that are listening during to this during lockdown like we're all at home doing it and well, um, i'm loving training at home now all of a sudden because they are talking about the post-COVID-19 baby boom, aren't they? Because everyone's stuck at home. I've got a lot of divorces. Yeah, people who have now done the handstand session are also looking for something fun to do. With hands, <laughs> so, all of a got more <laughs> so I'm not sure I'm doing the right start, training, Tim. Start with bodyweight basics now, while she's like getting busy. Yes. And then when the baby boom comes, ready to rumble. Because bodyweight basics is free during lockdown, eh, Tim? Exactly. Yay. We've got it all. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, no, if you haven't if you haven't just done the series, if you haven't added, if you haven't checked out Bodyweight Basics yet, then that is free during lockdown. So get onto the, the website schoolcastnets.com. We'll put links in the show note to the actual program Bodyweight Basics, but it is everything that Tim mentioned and more uh, in terms of building up that foundation, bodyweight basic strength. Um and you don't have to be pregnant or trying to get pregnant or just finding something to do during lockdown. You can be male, to. female anything in between pregnant and non-pregnant everybody is welcome on bodyweight basics if you've got a body to any description then you're in i think we've got that across <laughs> everything's covered right lani you've got a job to do you better know what to do because otherwise it's going to be big trouble until next time that's dismissed so thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. So we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a lot of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good keep it five are the best five of your best stars please (laughs) and if you would like to find out more about the school of calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got head over to our virtual classroom you can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com and that is where we have got literally possibly the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world it's definitely the best one we've done and on that note until next week class dismissed